Welcome back to episode three of the 643 podcast presented by Thirsty Goat Entertainment. My name is Taylor Shaw, and oh, you didn't know, your ass better call somebody. This man right here, he goes by the name of Blakey Biceps, and his arms are so big, he can't even turn to wipe his own ass. What up, people? Then we got my man, Ethan Turner. He might have the voice of an angel, but in the morning, he'll probably leave you on red. Oh my god, he on X Games mode. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, this is probably going to be a common theme until we actually have a 2020 season announcement. We're always going to have some type of small update, maybe a large update. Uh, who knows at this point, but we're always going to have to touch on something regarding the 2020 season uh, until it's here, I feel like, right? Um, Absolutely. And this was kind of brought about. It's been in the news a little bit. Unfortunately, it came out, I'm pretty sure, the night we recorded last time. Yeah. Uh, I think it was an hour after. Literally. So that was kind of unfortunate. Unfortunate timing. Um, But Blake Snell's on Twitch, you know, doing a live stream. um, And he gets on the topic of playing a 2020 season. Blake Snell uh, pretty much goes off on the owners, uh, says, fuck you, I'm not playing until we get what we rightfully deserve in our original agreement. Right. Now, original agreement, uh, just to touch on it again, you know, before we move any forward, Blake, remind us of that original agreement again. Well, I mean, they thought they were going to get half the pay at this point, but they're not even getting that according to the owners right now. Correct. So what happened is the owners kind of retreaded on that original agreement, and now they're saying they want to the players to give up even more money to play this season. Right. I think Blake Snell said something like 33% taken on top of the 50% he was already getting taken away from him. Yeah, I mean, that that sounds about right. And then he threw in taxes, but, you know, taxes, right. that, that always happens, so that's kind of irrelevant. But I get his sentiment. Um, and I think the the overwhelming reaction that I saw right at the beginning was the classic – fans jumping down the players throats yeah saying shut up and play that was one right and it's easy to do that it really is i think the thing about it for me though i think the biggest mistake i made was listening to what blake snell before i listened to anybody else's opinion right right what he said kind of pissed me off he goes on this big rant and he kept you know he's talking about the coronavirus and how he's worried about playing and then he calls it the rona he said i'm gonna get the rona and i'm thinking all right blake by you calling it the Rona, you're downplaying the virus. And then at the same point, you're saying, I got to get mine. So I don't think you're so much worried about the virus as you are getting your money. So his video, he kind of rants all over the place. That makes sense. And then he goes on and says, mentally, I'm thinking about next season. And that really threw me off because, <laughs> let's be honest, we won a season this year. What do we do? What's he going to say when he's got a seven plus seven ERA? And he's like, oh, well, this season kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't think we are going to play. Really, because we got you on video right now saying that mentally you're thinking about next season. Uh, we want baseball this season, and you better get your ass ready because it's going to happen. Facts. Absolutely. And then it's very easy for fans to have that initial reaction. It's shut up and play. And I just think in a general sense, I don't really – understand where that kind of comes from because there's two different realms obviously you have 
baseball players who are playing a game that they love, but they're getting paid for. Right. And then we as fans, a lot of us, uh, we're blue collar middle class workers, right? Right. Yeah, we're not making hundred million dollars. I mean, that that's the majority of fandom in basically any sport, really. Well, and these players, you know, they they could sit out this year and financially, they're not really going to be affected a whole lot. Like we would. Well, could you sit off work for a Absolutely year? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. No. No, 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 no. Like no. missing one day a week. And, and that's I think where some of that comes from. Exactly. Because they get this whole entitled, you know, belief behind them. Exactly. And the kind of comparison I want to make, just to make it clear to where I'm kind of stemming all of my thoughts from, is us fans, we are like the label, the labor, the blue collar, the middle class, working class, right? Yeah. And our bosses and management and all that, those are the owners in our book. The players are just like us. They're the labor. They're the blue collar. You know, blue collar working middle class of that situation. Yes, they're millionaires. I get it. Yeah, but, but they're the still owners, the labor. The owners, billionaires. Exactly. And that's what I want to bring up is because as fans in any situation, NFL, MLB, NBA, we should be on the player side because that's us. That's us in that situation. Yeah. And then we're talking about, yes, the players are millionaires, but you said it correctly. We're talking about billionaire owners. Right. right. We should be attacking the billionaires. Why, why expect the players to take a pay cut when the billionaires had enough money in the first place to purchase a billion-dollar organization? So they have it. They've had it for a while. Why are we not attacking the billionaire owners to take a pay cut themselves and say, hey, here is $50 million that let's, I'll forego it and I'll give it to my players. We're going to have a season because I'm going to give up money and I'm going to pay my players. Well, and the players had already agreed to give up 50% of their pay. Correct. But then the and that was in writing. Back, you're right. They had already signed it black and white and then the owners come back and go, well, that's not really going to work. And did you guys actually see what Trevor Bauer had posted? Yeah. On Twitter. The thread. Yeah. The, the thread, yeah. I read well, it. where he explained it is like if you were painting a house. The painting. Yeah. Yeah. This, yes. So this is where my... That's what changed my exactly. mind. Exactly. That's where I'm going. That's that where I... He put it into perspective to where I was like, okay, shit. Like that in the behind the scenes of what the owners were actually doing wasn't really brought up until I, I read this thread. And then that's when I was like, oh shit, this is like pretty serious. Right. Like they're not just sitting out because they're not making what they want to. They're, they're not being little shitheads. Yeah. No. And here, here's Trevor Bauer's quote. I stole this off his Twitter just to explain it to everybody. He says, let's say you're a painter. A client who is renovating an apartment says he'll pay you $100,000 this year for your painting services. You agree. You sign the contract. So you expect to be paid $100,000. The client then experiences a fire, loses half their apartments. It's not your fault, but it's not the client's either. So you mutually agree that you will accept $50,000 instead of 100 as a showing of good faith. Then the client realizes they won't be able to rent as many of their apartments as they originally thought. So they propose that instead of paying you the $50,000, they'll pay you half of their rental income. You have no idea how much the rental income is, and they won't even disclose it to you. That, that's how he explained it to me. And once I read that, I realized, yeah, the owners are expecting the players to sign a contract without having Lime. any idea of what they're going to yeah. make. And the funny thing I thought was a lot of people were calling the players out on Twitter going, well, why did you guys leak this to the press? They go, what are you talking about? We didn't leak it to the press. The, it has been a proven fact that the owners leaked it to the press to allow the press and the fans to you know, look at the players as the bad guys, not the owners. And they had already said that the league made about an estimated $10.7 billion in 2019. If there's no baseball at all this year, they're going to lose 
estimated $4 billion. So as a business owner, pay your athletes. <laughs> it, it, you could pay them 100% of their pay this year, and guess what? You're not going to lose $4 billion. That's, that's correct. It's absolutely true, and and I don't understand how so many people jump down the players' throats Yeah, uh, and and have remained on that side of the argument. Right. I, mean, I don't know how you remain okay, on so that side of the argument no, at that point. Right. Not at all. But so what I look at it is, you know, if it's different than like, because this season's based off of like, you know, a pandemic, like cutting the season down. Like they already agreed that they already came to a mutual agreement. It's different than an NFL running back. Like take the Ezekiel Elliott thing where he just set out because he wanted more money because, you know, you're still playing a full season. They like, are a very different situation. It's a different situation. And it's so black it's, and white what he is making. Right. Yeah, so like I that's at that point, that's when I start to take the owner side a little bit because you get into a you agreed to this, you agreed to blah, it, blah right. blah blah. You know, this is your contract. You know, you're under a contract until this point. I don't have to I don't have to talk to you about your contract until the last year of your contract if I don't want to. If I want to bring you back, you know, that's as a business owner or you know, things like I understand those things, but like this is a completely different situation. I definitely side with the players. And I don't know this for a hundred percent fact, but so the way I understand it is players are paid mostly per game they play. Correct. Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and guess that a pandemic with no fans in the stands was never once. I, I bet it's not in their contract. Like I would highly doubt like, this was ever planned for like in any business. So what it's going to come down to is the players want paid what they've agreed to pay, or they've even willing to take half that, and then the owners are coming back going, well, 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 we, we didn't know there weren't going to be fans. If you're a lawyer, I think you should plan for about every situation before you have somebody sign a contract. It's kind of on you. For not even thinking this through, I, I know this is almost like impossible to think of, but there could be an instance where there's not fans in the stands, and, and you need to take that into consideration. It's, I mean, it has been done before, maybe not for this amount of time, but it, it has been done before. Yeah, I mean, going back to that, they didn't think there would be no fans in the stands. It, right. We hit on that last time. Yeah. That is absolute talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. understand how you would even come to think that fans would be allowed in the stands, right. especially early in the season. Right. That's ridiculous. And I think I do think it's important to note here, um, when you hear of baseball contracts, you hear a lot of the larger contracts. You're talking about the Mookie Betts, the Mike Trouts, where guys are making what, in the range of twenty to thirty million dollars a year. A year. Yeah, if you're the right? best in the league, you're making about. What is what is Trout's a year? It's uh, forty, it was, I think, ain't it? It's up in the forty. Well, it was. It varies. It's smaller on, at the beginning of his contract, but I think he's gonna maybe making maybe twenty something now, and it's gonna be more in the forties towards the tail end of his contract. Right. Because they always try to push money out as far as they can. Right. Exactly. So you hear about those MLB contracts, which everyone's like. Well, you're getting enough money. You're right. getting enough money. But here are the things you forget about. The players you forget about are the guys that are making five mil this year. Right. Like they're on a one-year deal, $5 million, trying to make a name for themselves. I, I picture Brock Holt with the Brewers signed a one-year deal. He's not making a ton of money. So so they agreed, right, Right. to, to half in a prorated season. Yep. Okay? So if you're making five mil a year this year, if you agreed to half, you're already at two point five million. 
And that's with what they had signed. That's what they signed. That's what you agreed to. And now yeah. the MLB wants to take more of your money. So, and they didn't make it clear as to what. It could be half. Who knows? Let's say, you know, now you're down to like $1 million when you should have been making at least five. Right. Two and two and a half was bad enough. When you could, when you could, I mean, if all the players held ground together and sat out a season, he could hold out and go make five million next season. Yeah. So it, it's just, I think you have to do, you have to think about it like that because we have to remember that there's guys in the league who are on a million dollar contracts, who are right. on five million dollar contracts. Those guys are hurting. Like honestly, that's not a lot of money. I know it might be a lot of money for some people, but for them, it's really not a lot of money. Right. So the the trout contract, just to get back on it, in case anybody wanted to know, is a twelve year, four hundred twenty six million five hundred thousand dollar contract. Okay. So broke down, he got a twenty million dollar signing bonus. Uh, average salary was thirty five million five hundred forty one thousand. Yeah. Well, back and, and back to your Brock Holt deal, you know. And I don't know Brock Holt's contract, right. but, I, but it was small. Just it was what you were saying, deal. you know, that's that might be a lot of money, but to the normal human being, but that's not generation money. Generation oh, money, no. you know, that's going to set you up for life. If he goes and makes a million dollars this year and breaks his leg or something career-ending, what's a million dollars over the next – 60 years of your life or whatever you have in front of you. You know what I mean? He better invest it in real estate. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. Because baseball ain't going to get you very far once you retire. Exactly. And I think I want to point out something as well here. Um, I think as a collective, as a whole here, sitting at this table, I think we are all proud of the players for standing their ground here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it took me a little time and research, but yeah, I'm I'm 100% on the players' Because I think this goes along with what we actually had mentioned in episode two. These players showing their personality, boosting their stardom, self-promotion. This is part of it. Yeah, I didn't even know Blake Snell had a twitch until until his little rant. Well, I mean, do you think er, mid-90s, early 2000s, that if this happened, players would have the balls to stand up and do this? They might have had a a labor strike, but it wouldn't be on this level. They don't have... I think the players have a better platform now to do that. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So they yeah. can, they can. It's not really so much as a labor issue, but, but they can almost, in a way, turn the media against the owners, and that's even worse than a back holdout. in you know the mid '90s. We've never seen that. We would have got what you heard on the news, and you know what ESPN reported. Yeah. In the media, would, in, in the media would be all over. Yeah. So like that would be that would all you like now you got social media you have all these different things where players can come out and be like like you know. this is an example of social media for good yeah well, absolutely and, w- and when was the big strike was it was it what year was that ninety five ninety six I didn't even mean to compare it to that well I mean <laughs> there was I, I mean there was not a World Series sometime <laughs> in, the, in the early in to mid nineties yeah. and I'm gonna make a wild guess out there this is total speculation but. With the social media today, I'm not even 100% sure that strike would have happened. It was the 94-95 season. Okay, yeah, 95. So I'm not even sure that would have happened just by the backlash that the owners or players could get in 2020. Right, yeah. And like, it, I think our days of, of an actual 
you know, never having a World Series again, I think that's behind us. I don't think that'll ever happen right. again. It's just so good to see they're finally taking a stand. They're finally – this is part of letting your personality show. This is part of building a platform. And I think it's just amazing to see that they finally did this. They took this step, and this could just mean more self-promotion, more standing on your ground um, to build their stardom in a country where sports stardom is craved by the NFL and the NBA and, you know, what have you. So good step by them. I think we can all give them seriously just like a round of applause. Yeah, I'm going to be – a lot of these guys who have spoke out. I'm, they've kind of made me a fan and – Baseball, exactly. When baseball picks back up, I'm definitely going to be sure to, to watch these guys. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, baseball is a perfect sport, and it's always been a perfect sport, but we all got to agree it's an imperfectly perfect sport in a way. But don't, Isn't that what you guys probably makes you favor oh, yeah. more towards baseball is the fact that it's imperfectly perfect? I would go with that. Oh yeah, it's, it's 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 a. This is kind of like a soccer term, but I think it definitely plays into baseball's favor as well. It's like the beautiful game. Everything has to be like perfectly lined up for things to happen in baseball, and I think that's what makes it so attractive to so right. many fans. Even the officials, you know, the umpires, they have to be perfect. Absolutely, yep. and sometimes they're not perfect. And that kind of brings up the instance of uh, Armando Galarraga, who threw a perfect game. Well. Asterix, a perfect game back in 2010, and he had recorded the first 26 batters. And on the 27th, Jason Donald comes up to bat for the Indians and grounds out, and he's thrown out by a mile. And this was 2010, pre-replay era. And Jim Joyce, who notoriously is one of the worst umpires in the history of Major Gosh, League Baseball, Jim Joyce. calls Jason Donald safe, ruining Armando Galarraga's perfect game. And now Galarraga's coming out 10 years later and demanding that they change the record books to include him in it for throwing a perfect game, even though on paper it wasn't. Don't get me wrong. Jim Joyce was wrong. We all know that 100%. Everybody knows that. You watch the replay, it's not even close. Like, I don't know. He must have been watching some babe in the stands chewing bubble gum. I, I don't know, but he missed the call, and Galarraga no longer had a perfect game at that point. Retired so. the very next batter, too. Yeah, so uh, I guess this brings up the point. Do you guys think that they should change it? Well, I, before we do dive deeply into it, I think it is important to know, you know, good on Joyce. Uh, he screwed up tremendously. Yeah. Like, obviously, we all understand that. But good yeah, on him. He did come out right after that game was over. Oh, yeah. And say that he fucked up. Yeah, if you, uh, if you actually get it. He admitted it. If you get took it on the thesaurus and see the word fuck up, it actually has a picture of Jim <laughs> Joyce next to it. But yeah, so just just get out that, that out there. Like, good on him. He got ahead of it. He I don't think up. he had a choice though. No, 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 no. Oh, you're in no. a terrible spot. There, there was there was zero choice. Uh you're you're in a terrible spot. But like we all understand that that was a perfect game. Yeah. Like anybody who saw it live saw that that was a perfect game. They know it's a perfect game. Anybody who goes back and watches it. They understand it's a perfect game. It was in the truest essence of the phrase perfect game. Without being a perfect game. Was a perfect game. Right. right. Um, so, to me, what difference does it make to have it be changed in the books? Like, he's almost more, he has more notoriety for being the guy who got his perfect game blown 
than just another perfect game yeah. in, the, in MLB. That was kind of a point I was going to make was it, it – his game is more known for that blown call than it would ever be, have been known as an actual perfect game. It, we would have – I mean, I'm not going to say we ever forget about it, but when you hear the name Armando Galarraga or the name Jim Joyce, they go hand in hand and you remember that game. I mean, yeah, because I was actually curious to see when the last perfect game was thrown, just looking at it today. Mm, yeah. And I definitely thought there was one in between this one. The last one was King Felix in 2012. I, I thought there was another perfect game in between then and now. So it's just – because, like, that one came to mind. And, right. But then I was like, there's got to be another one. And I, I'll be honest, I probably couldn't have told you King Felix. But I could have told you Galarraga got his one blown. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Like, honestly. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you hear that name, you you don't you probably don't know shit about his career, but you know about that one. Oh yeah. Instance. What a, I saw it today. His his, his career stats have got to oh, be it's terrible. Awful. Yeah. It was terrible. He was like, I don't remember what it was. His record was not very good. Um. Oh, that was his only complete game the entire season. Maybe even of his career. Right. I would probably guess I mean, his career. I guess thanks to Jim Joyce, he had a career-defining moment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it really – it doesn't really change anything if you go back in the books. No. And, and change it. And then I, I do, in all the essence, vote no. You don't go back and – Oh, absolutely not. No, and change it, this in the books. And the reason you don't is because it's a slippery slope. It creates a tremendously dangerous precedent right. to go back and change this – because then what else do you change? It's the classic question. Oh, if you you're going to go back everything. and retroactively change stuff, then are, are we going back and changing the steroid era? Are we right. taking away Mark McGuire's home runs and Sammy Sosa's home runs can and we, that 30 for 30 are we going back and are, we, are we going back and getting rid of <laughs> the barman? <laughs> I knew exactly where <laughs> you were going. I mean, where, where are you going he, with this? We do, can call him out and then the Cubs will actually go to the World Series. Is the Bonds <laughs> home run record abolished? Does that not exist? Do the Astros not win the World Series in 2017? I mean, there we there, go. There, there, I don't see that's a perfect example. There we go. Does, yeah. Is that stripped? So if you change something like this, which I know, like it would be an amazing story and He'd get his perfect game, quote unquote, in the books. Yeah, and it would only. But it's dangerous. Yeah, and it's only a title he wants to his name. It does not change anything about his career. No, baseball in general, and, and you know, it's I'd, not going to make him a Hall of Famer. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. no, it's not going to make Jim Joyce one either. My, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, my uh, my argument was always human error. It's a part of baseball. One hundred percent. They're they're trying to push this electronic strike zone. And that goes back on the thing I was saying with ba baseball is imperfectly perfect. Right. So if you're not like I've heard everyone complain about the electronic strike zone saying, no, there needs to be an umpire behind the plate. You know, human error is part of the game. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes, you know, calls go this way, calls go that way. Like you should never be able to argue balls and strikes on a replay. Like I think that's just ridiculous. So if you're if you're going to account for human error that way, then I think human error needs to be accounted for on the umpires, no matter what call it is. Right. And, and I, I kind of, one of my points before was, you know, I had said, I've said this like 10 times already, the baseball is imperfectly perfect. Well, unfortunately for the pitcher on the mound that to throw a perfect game, the umpires have to be perfect too. Perfect on your side because oh, there's even umpire, you know, you got an umpire behind the plate. You want to know how many times I've seen a no-hitter or a perfect game going on right now, and there's a full count, and it kisses the corner to the plate, and they favored in 
on the pitcher's side and called it a strike? What happens if you have called it a ball? I mean, do you know how many no-hitters have probably been lost because of a full count ball four called hey, when, it, that, when it could have been called a strike? If that umpire's tight and he calls a ball – so be it. Yeah, I mean, it you, could be a strike. You talk but about so be you talk it. about changing record books. If you even go back to even the '90s, which was like the most notorious time for baseball, to where if a pitcher was hitting his spots, it didn't matter if he was four inches off the plate, they were getting a strike called. Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, those guys—they were notorious that they could always hit their spots. And if they were hitting their spots, like I said, doesn't matter where it was thrown. If that catcher did not have to move his mitt, he was getting a called strike. It's just part of baseball. I mean, it, it, that's that's about all there is to it. The damage is done, and it's more remembered for what it is than what it could become. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think he has to realize that. Um, and, and this is kind of material, you know. But, um, you know, he did get awarded a, a vehicle for that. Right. I'm pretty sure it was like a brand new Corvette yeah. or Camaro or whichever one it was. But did like, Jim Joyce buy it for him? I don't know, but seriously, either the MLB or Joyce felt so bad. But Joyce should have at other. least he should have at least pulled a Carroll Shelby and like signed the dashboard for him or something. <laughs> one or the other. That dude got he did get a new car out of it. Obviously I know that that doesn't mean much, but still like you're more remembered for the blown perfect game. Right. You got a car. What if he took it around a NASCAR track? Ooh. You think he'd win? No. No, because no. there's other guys out there who'd probably kick no. his ass. Well, what would happen was they'd probably like come to the line and there'd be like right. a, 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 fo- a, a photo, photo finish. finish and it would go the other way. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, hey, speaking of NASCAR. It's we, back. We are on this theme. Congrats to any sport. We're going to tell you, hell yeah, we love you if you're a live sport. <laughs> and we're going to compare baseball to you. <laughs> we are that's all, all in. We have we're going right to watch now. every lap. We're going to watch every fight. Uh, but yeah, shout out NASCAR for coming back. Uh, second live sport. Um, so it had me thinking again, obviously, if we could put MLB players in a race car, who you got? And this perfectly comes our production company, Thirsty Go Entertainment, uh, known for throttled up podcasts, dirt racing, NASCAR. Um, we got Dirt 2 Media, uh, digital company. Streaming all races, uh, dirt track, uh, whatever you need. And so we reached out to Dustin Roller, who uh, brought us on this journey, because I said, listen, Dustin, um, I want to see what MLB players could get in a race car and perform well. And I don't know shit about racing, man. So you're going to have to tell me what qualities in a baseball player would carry over nicely to the racetrack. So he informed me. He said the following. You have to have good hand-eye coordination. You have to have good stamina. And you have to have a don't-give-a-shit personality. So, using those qualities, where we go? Who you got? Who? What MLB player stepping into a, a NASCAR and winning a race? It's tough. Because personally, I believe none of them would be worth a shit. <laughs> you know, you're probably very accurate there. <laughs> um, but we're going to play this damn yes. game. <laughs> uh, Actually, I got a couple that probably would be decent. So I just, I, I gave this some thought. Do I want to go hitter? Because, you know, the hand-eye coordination type yeah, thing. Absolutely. Which, I mean, yes. But, sta- I mean, and their stamina is up. They play, you know, full games. 
But then I started thinking more into the stamina thing, you know, starting pitchers. Starting pitchers. Because, I mean, their, their concentration, you know, different things like that. So I just decided I would go with two. You one of each. You one of mine. I'm going to hurt you. Uh, I don't I don't think I did. Good deal. Uh, I want, I want to take Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals. Okay. Okay. Starting pitcher. Just young guy. Athletic as hell. Um also, a tremendously gorgeous girlfriend. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a quality. <laughs> uh, I think that's a thing you have to. Yeah, you have to have a woman. You have to have a baby. by your side, let, and he's got one. Let me ask so, you this: Is he ugly and outkicked his coverage? Mm, no, 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 no. He's a he's a good looking dude. He's a good looking dude. I, could I feel like that's a NASCAR quality. You no, gotta be yeah. ugly. <laughs> <and smoking. laughs> right. No, right. Jack Flaherty's one of those guys that's gonna have you know he's gonna have his suit unzipped, tied around his navel, and his babe hanging on his side. Yeah, dude. I mean, just I mean, an athletic guy. Uh, just going down that road, and I, and like, he's he's one of those like he's not very adamant about his like not give a shit attitude, but I can definitely tell like the guy doesn't really give a shit, and that's like you know something that you want like you just got to be able to go in there and if you're gonna hit the wall you're gonna hit the wall and who gives a shit? Absolutely. Uh, as far as a hitter goes, uh, I ruled out all the tall guys because you know tall guys usually don't carry over to NASCAR very well. They you know they just. Yeah, I've never seen a seven-footer in NASCAR. Well, that honestly, that was one of my things. Is I have like my personal thought here after you know Roller's advice is size plays a role. I mean, you can't be too big. No, you got to fit in a car. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so I failed in that aspect. Both both my guys are pretty big dudes. So like you know DJ DJ Lemayhew out, Aaron Judge right. out, out. Uh, you Stanton out. out, all those bigger guys. Well, they uh, get really injured. Too. I was gonna, I was gonna go Altuve, but I think he's too short. Like he's just like couldn't see over the dashboard. They couldn't see over. What about the, a booster the seat? Yeah, you put a booster seat in there. Uh, so just based off of you know things like that, I would definitely probably take a shortstop. So if I was gonna go go shortstop, somebody that doesn't give a shit, I'm gonna throw my boy Xander in there. Ooh, I like Xander Bogart. I like he's a he is a little tall. A little tall, but little not tall, but like... I think he can fit. He's a middle yeah. infielder. He can't be too tall. Exactly. Yes, I love the pick. Love it. I do. And you know what? He's kind of like a silent assassin. Yeah. So, like, he just comes out of nowhere, spins you into a wall, and yep. flips you off. Yep. See ya. <laughs> out of here. <laughs> what you got, Blake? Well, I didn't really do the whole pitcher hitter thing. I got two pitchers, a couple of psychos for you. First one, and I base this off something differently than your criteria. I actually... Looked up the guys that had the baddest cars as far as baseball drive, uh, baseball players. I mean, yeah. Well, listen, that, that would you can't make buy sense. an expensive car and not and be scared to drive it. You know, right? So. It's kind of what I'm thinking. Why have a car that's got some balls if you're not willing to use them? So, well, I mean, this is pretty informative. You know, we're going to find out MLB players who have some sick ass cars. There's a lot out there. I just went with two for starters. Uh, let's see, Justin Verlander. Oh, yeah. So back ba- back on the hole with the babe. He's got the wife. He's got, he's, the, he's got the babe. <laughs> yes, I, I pretty much decided you need a smoke show to be a good NASCAR driver. On top of that, he has a uh, 622 horsepower Mercedes Benz SLS AMG with a zero to sixty in three point two seconds. Mm, that's okay. not slow. Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty badass car. I figure on the field he can pump out gas. As far as a competitor goes, he's psycho. True. He's got Kate Upton, and I mean, look at the guy. He looks like a race car driver, does he not? Kind of does. He's got the scruff going on, yep. you know. Kind of gives me like junior vibes. Yeah, yeah, I could dig that. A little junior, maybe a little even Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy for that. Johnson. Jimmy J. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yep. That's a good one. So, I, and the guy likes to win championships. So I, I think oh, he yeah. could be in a car and kick some ass. Uh, 
My other one, he uh, he's known for being fast on the pavement and throwing a uh, pretty good fastball. Is a rolled as Chapman. He. Uh, I was gonna go there, but I feel like it'd be my. I was going on the height things. Yeah, being big. He, he was a, a little tall. He, he's guy. big, he's tall. but. He does have a uh, Lamborghini Marci Lago. Oh, seen him pull up to a bar in Cincinnati after a game one night. Him and Billy Hamilton both pull up Hell in Lambos yeah. when I was in the bar, and I was like, holy shit. Like, Speaking of small, fast guys, Billy Hamilton. I know. I was gonna, I almost went with him. No shit. That and was too. because he's down south, he's got that country hick accent. Like He would fit in well to the NASCAR scene. You can't hit a baseball. Maybe he can at least drive a race car. Yeah. Oh, fuck. But, Let's uh, try it out. Chapman's got a 661 horsepower Lamborghini Mercy Lago. And it has a top recorded speed. I'm of, in that Lamborghini uh, Mercy. That's right. <laughs> in, uh, it, it, so <laughs> it's been known to go 210 miles an hour. That, not by coincidence, is exactly double what his high, uh, fastest recorded pitch is. Correct. And he even got a ticket in Kentucky for driving. <laughs> I, I remember this. He was going 93 mile an hour and had a suspended license from a previous speeding ticket. So the guy has a need uh, for speed. Yeah. So if you got a need for speed, you got a badass car, and you can throw 105 mile an hour. Actually, his his rec- fastest recorded pitch in Major League history, 105.1 mile an hour, a Rolls Chapman. And you have two traffic violations. True. You ha- <laughs> you have to have a traffic violation if you're a NASCAR driver. And I actually was I don't know if this is true or not, but a simple Google, Google search told me that his favorite cologne was in fact gasoline. So yeah. I feel like you hit the nail on the head. So, yeah. that I got <laughs> so Taylor, who uh, who you got, man? Uh, you, you know, I this is really hard for me because, again, not much of a race fan. So I couldn't help but think of like my favorite team and think about this. And I went just immediately. Who came to mind was you know I'm talking size here, middle infielder, okay. right? You, you got to be a little on the smaller side to get in a race car. Um, you also have to be like kind of a psycho and your competitiveness has to be just like through the roof. Right. Right. I say put Dustin Pedroia in a race car. Yeah. Oh, he's because psycho. hand eye, the dude can, the dude can hit. So his hand oh, eyes there. Uh, he's an athlete. So stamina is there. Um, and literally I think he's the, like the epitome of, I don't give a shit. Literally the reason why he's injured on the DL today as so much as he is and like contemplating retirement is because of his no give a shit personality, how yeah. he played the game mm-hmm. early in his career. Can I add diving everywhere? Too? So, like when I think Pedroia, I think of like an as far as from an athlete standpoint, he seems like an average ass dude, but he seems so obsessed over anything that he Obsessive. does. He is going to be as perfect as he can at it. So exactly. I could definitely see him getting in a race car and getting it done until he starts winning. Because like. His athleticism wasn't there, so he had to work double hard. He had to work triple as right. hard as everyone else to get where he is. So, I mean, just give me Dustin Pedroia. He's going to figure it out. He's going to figure out how to win on a racetrack. Um, and then, you know, kind of the similar thing I'll give you, too, is um, I went Bregman. Um, okay. Alex Bregman, because – Short again. Uh, I'm I'm riding that <laughs> qualification right. here, um, and I think he has a lot of like. I don't give a shit what you think about me. I'm gonna go out and, and do what I do. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a gym rat at anything he does, and he's super freaking talented. Gym rat, talented athlete, um, and I think he has that like crazy like tick in his head because right. I think you have to have like a little crazy in you to get into like a 150 mile an hour plus race car. And I think Bregman has that. Yep. I agree. 
All good choices. Now, I don't see any one of them going out there and doing anything, but you know, that's for you know, a different day. Put them in a race car. Let's do it. I mean, why not? Just guess. Let's get 30, 30 baseball players. Throw them in a car. Any Represent car? each team. Yep. Car yep. of their choice. And uh, we'll do. Uh, we can even do race teams by division. There you go. Oh, Let's yeah, make it happen. <laughs> we can do that. There you go. We'll do something. And I can tell you one thing: <laughs> Rob Manfred would not be commissioner of NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'd get lit up. Absolutely. Are we about to introduce a new segment? New I, segment? I think new segment a, alert. Beep, 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 beep. Lasers. <laughs> Lasers. Freaking laser. laser beams. All right, this new segment we like to call Turner's Trivia. Can we call it Titty for like TT? Titty. Turner's Trivia. I don't care what we call it, but, you know, we we were talking about perfect games earlier, so it got me curious. Oh, no. Bring it on. I was reading into the Galarraga perfect game. That pitch was the 83rd pitch of the game for him. Okay, that's ridiculously low. Would have made it, hold on, would have made it the second most efficient perfect game in history. Yikes. So there's going to be a couple couple parts to this. Okay. One, can you name the player? Okay. Two, how many pitches? And three, can you name what team he played for? You are setting me up for failure. My goodness. The name you'll guarantee you probably won't get, but we'll go with it. Has he thrown multiple no or no. perfect games? No. Not even multiple no hitters. Are you I didn't look into that. Okay. Uh, Dude, I might even give you someone who I hasn't thrown a perfect Nolan game. Ryan out there, but I, I know. Okay, like he, Nolan I, fi- Ryan? I figured he's thrown the most. Surely out of seven chances he might have done it. Yeah. No. I was gonna say Nolan Ryan. Yeah, no. Okay, that was like. By so you're talking. This is probably someone who like really not. Who did he play for? You, can you tell us that first? I mean, that's gonna be one of the. I'll give you. I, yeah, I'll give you I a hint. I'll give you a hint. AL Central. Okay. So Verlander. No. When he played for Detroit. No, I don't think he threw a perfect game. Mm, that was a good guess. Oh, uh, I'm gonna go Burley. No, it's not Mark Burley. It's yeah, not anybody <sighs> recent. I'll just throw like that what, out there. Can you give us a year? Uh, I didn't. I forgot to write that part down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the decade? Yeah, give us a decade. Uh, well, his picture was in black and white. I can give you that much. Oh, I'm not kidding. This. <laughs> All right, no tell us your your uh, your best bets to probably just go to guess the pitch count. Uh, seventy-two. I'm going Ooh, close. I'm Damn going. it! Very close. Is it in the 70s? 78. No, less. 75. Less. 74. 74 it was. Okay. 74 pitches in a perfect game. I bet it happened in 1974. Uh, the guy's name, Addie Joss, pitched for the Cleveland Indians. Eddie, yeah, when I got Eddie that. who? Addie. Addie? A-D-D-I-E. J-O-S-S. Addition? Yeah, A-D-D-I-E. I don't know why the hell you even wanted us to come up with the name. Just because I wanted to see. I just wanted to see. Just go on some wild tangents about... Okay. Okay. So that was, that was question one. Um, Boy. So I, that, I hate this game. So if any, of, <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody's going to a party, that's a damn good question to break out. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. This one you all might do okay with. So I just wanted to just do a top five of something. Okay. Top five active players in OPS. 
And for those of you out there that do not know what OPS is, it's on-base percentage plus your slugging percentage. So on-base percentage is how many times you get on base. Okay. And slugging percentage is how many times. So, so do you want, before we start rattling off names, do you want to, like, work on this together, Blake? Oh, yeah. It's definitely something I was going to give you all to do together. So Okay. okay. And I do want you to go in order, one through five. Okay. So let's get our players out there. Let's and kno- then we'll order them. Let's knock off the obvious at one. Trout. Trout. Yes. Okay. And he is number one? Number one. Number okay. two, I'm going to say Mookie Betts. No. No. Probably is he not. Is he top five? No, no. He was sixth, actually. Okay. No. Mookie was sixth. Mm. Trout. So you got to have a contact, but, um, contact power hitter here. What about Bellinger? Yeah. No. No Bellinger? I'll not go a, Javier Baez, but he swings now, at literally anything. Guys, it's really not that hard. Yeah, you're the think, one, of, think of the best hitters. Yeah, Christian Yelich. Yelich. No, not more recently, but just uh, as the last like two decades or decade. Oh, our pull host. It was, he's on the list. Okay, he's on the list. So we got Trout at one. We got pull host somewhere. Somewhere in there. Um, yeah, expanding it maybe helped me a little bit. Um, so we're we're gonna dip. Oh, oh, Miggy Cabrera. Yeah, yep. He's on the list. I was gonna say Miggy. Okay. He's on the list. He's on the list. Oh man, so there's so we, three. So we ain't even got two yet. Oh man. Well, he's not giving us where they are right now. We're just, okay. we're just oh, trout. Just so we got three out of five at that point. Yeah. So we got Trout, Miggy, Pulhos. You want a hint? Yeah, drop one. The other two are first baseman. Okay. Paul, Paul four, Gold- four out of the five are first baseman. Right. Paul Goldschmidt? One of them. Okay. Nice. And the other one is two? Yep. Freddie Freeman. No. All right. Why am I thinking Daniel Murphy? No. No, no he was second baseman anyways. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but no, good contact hitter for sure. Uh, another first baseman. Well, I think Dan- I think he moved to first base because Are we talking the end age. of his career or is he in his prime right now? He's probably close to the end. Going, no, I wouldn't say the end, but definitely on the downhill. Matt Carpenter? No. Ooh, that was a good. That was a good guess. Uh, so there's only one more, and then we can order them. Um, right. First baseman. Yeah. All right, give us division. No, because that'll give it away. It's. I mean, it's the guy usually leads the league in OPS as an active player right now. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Uh, um, Cleveland Indians. No. What's his name? You're probably Santana? No, it's not him. Yeah, but not him. I'm, I'm uh, blown away that you guys haven't got this. It should be I'm fairly ones, obvious. I'm not the one staring at the I'm, 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 uh, I'm running my hands I'm, yeah, through I'm my hair. Well, right I, already, I already put I already put this guy on the list before I even looked it I'm up. I'm running teams through my head right now. Well, now we're thinking too damn hard. Yeah. Yeah, you're you literally overthinking. Um, One of the best hitters of our generation. Yeah, but I like – there's pool host, there's Miggy. Those guys are done. Yeah, I'm blank. Okay, you're going to have to give us some sort of hint. He doesn't play that far away. Oh, Joey Votto. There you go. Ah, well, there's okay. a reason you had him on the list. Okay. Well, he's such like an unsung like hero. Yeah, well, he's not a pow- he's, he's he's truly not a power hitter. He he's he he hits for contact. It just happens. And he puts it in to gaps. Put power. Yeah. Right. He put, okay, so now let's put it in order, Blake. We got Mike Trout is number one. Right. I'm going to say. You want to say pull host too? Wrong. No, because okay. his ten years and the Angels have been terrible. I'm gonna. That's true. I'm putting Votto at two. Yep. 
too. Because his, yeah, his, he's a good contact hitter. I'm gonna go Goldschmidt three. No. Okay. Uh, Miggy three. Yeah, yes. Miggy three. Pools, not four. Uh, so Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt four. No. Pools five. Pools. Okay. Pools. Goldschmidt. So Trout, so Votto, he, Miggy, Pools. Goldschmidt. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. If anybody at home right now, go ahead and pull up Pools's time just with the Angels. Yeah, that's hurt him. And a you lot. would be surprised. Yeah. You would be surprised he's even top five in anything. Yeah, right yeah, now. he's not hitting very well. He should just. But it, but not to take anything away from him because, like I said, his time in St. Louis is probably because that 2000 to 2010 dude, decade freak man, lordy, greatest greatest right hander we've seen. Crazy, lordy. All right, last last yeah, question. Good. I like this that. one. You, redeem, redeem yourself on this one because this Wait, one we did pretty well. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> said no one ever. I'll uh. This one I'm not. I want you guys to like write down your three answers on this one. This will be a little competition. We'll oh, well, we're for this need one. A pen. <laughs> or actually, just uh, give me your three answers. No, whenever phone you... notes. Technology. Okay. Yeah, we're good, man. Got the. Uh, got I will the give. I will put a timer on it. I will give you three minutes. Okay. Oh my god! To come up with your answer. All right. Actually, no. Let's do a minute and a half. Minute and a half. A minute and a half. It's really not that. This should be pretty easy. I'll tell you what. Once we get our three, we'll just tell you when we're ready because I'm hoping. Okay. If it takes me more than like 30 seconds, I'm done anyways. Three teams. Now, pay attention to the question. Okay. Three teams have won the wild card game and went on to win the World Series. I know one right off the top of my head. Name those three teams. Actually, I know two. So this question is really not that challenge. Like I said, if you're easier when you're staring at it. <laughs> Damn it! There was a recent one. I got well, actually, two. I was I was while well, y'all thinking, I was watching a barstool uh, trivia. They brought thing. it. They've up. been doing it, and this question was on there. And I said these three teams right off the bat, watching the video. So during I knew them off the top of my head. So they're all three pretty recent. Though. That's why I said pay attention to the question because I said wild card game. Oh, yeah, it, it is recent. Mm-hmm. They only introduced the wild card game. It's only been played for four or five years. Oh, you said wild card game. Winner. Wild card game, not the wild card. So St. Louis Cardinals are out of it. Yeah. Okay, because immediately I think of that team and, yeah. Was that 2011? N- yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, you just took both of mine away from me. I Okay, I'm in bad shape. Wild card game, so it's been pretty recent. Yeah. Okay, so it's not been the last couple of World Series, though. It was Ah, oh, shit. Okay. I know it was last year's. Well, there's my... Sorry, I gave one to you. No. But that that one is a given. It was the, it was the Nationals. It wasn't the Astros in seven or yeah. Wait, so Nats were eight, 19, 18. Yeah, start going back in the the wild card game's only been in for four or five years. Well, it's been at least since twenty fifteen. I think fifteen might have been the first year because I know Cubs and Pirates played in it. That's when Arietta like shut them down. So it's after twenty fifteen. I can tell you that much, and it's not twenty sixteen. It's not twenty eighteen. No, and twenty seventeen. Well, I think the fourteen fourteen was the first wild card game, I believe. So that should be a hint for you right there. Okay. 
But I, I still feel like it doesn't give me three, but okay. Boy, how much time we got? Uh, 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm like in bad shape. <clears throat> when was the Cubs World Series? 2016. 16. Red Sox were 18. 19 was Nats. In five, four, three, two, one. Give me some answers. Failure. I got the Nats. The Nats. And then, is this crazy? Did the Astros do it? No. no. <sighs> Who won at 15? Who did the Mets lose to at 15? That's got me. I can't think of it for the life of me. They, they got swept. They won the wild card game. Yeah, in the AL. So, who was it? Come on. Hold on. Come on. 2015? So, it wasn't. Why am I hurting so bad in this aspect? Oh. No, I'm wrong. No, I thought I had it. I thought 2014 would give it 2014 does give it away. That's the Giants. The Giants. Because they went every oh, even year every until even 16. Year. Yep. So it's Nats, Giants, and who the Nats hell did the Mets? The Mets got swept. Yep. They lost to this games. team. Oh, man. Oh, I thought I had it there for a second. Uh, I'm trying not. to go through divisions in my head. It wasn't an AL East team. There's no way. I hope you listeners oh, got this. I hate my nah, life right now. Hit me. Kansas City there Royals. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> the Giants, yeah. the Royals, and the Nats. Yeah, why? All won the wild card game and I went for, on to I win the World because Series. because I'm an idiot. Ben Zobris was World yep. Series MVP back-to-back -back years, 15 and 16. Yeah, Royals, the Cubs. Royals. Why yep. could I not come up with that? That was fun. That was not fun. I, I'm. I hope the listeners. This get is going to turn into. It's going to turn into my trivia next week, so I'll give you a bunch of shit. <laughs> Boy, baseball trivia is hard because there's so many. There's so many roads you can go down. I just, you know what? I'm. It's tough. I'm just going to have to slide in your DMs on the next one and be like, dude, what the hell? Oh, hey, goes. you know what, uh, Ethan? I did want to ask you. Yep. What's like, you know, when you're 12, 14 beers deep, the party's winding down. You know, you're kind of just sitting there scrolling Twitter, scrolling Instagram, Facebook. You know, maybe even scrolling through the contacts a little bit. No, before <laughs> before you ask him, I gotta I gotta wonder why are you asking the only single guy in the group? Well, cause uh, I hope you I guys ain't doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, you know, incriminate ourselves here. <laughs> but what's yeah, the, we can't answer this. Well, what's what's something you like to do? You know, 12, 14 beers deep, party's winding down. Uh, you know, I'm one of those guys that like, I'm head first Pete Rose in this shit right into the DMs. <laughs> Slide the DMs, bitch! <laughs> Slide it in to the DMs, throwing, tossing fucking eggplant emojis, like whatever I need to put in there. What's, what, what's the batting average? Uh, it's sub ones. <laughs> sub ones. <laughs> so he fails more than nine out of ten times. Sub ones. No Hall of Fame career there. No. <laughs> He's safe!
Introducing sliding in the DMs. I'm, I blame the beers. <laughs> no, yeah, they throw you off your game. Yeah, so it game. definitely can't operate while intoxicated. Get your shit together, Bushlight. <laughs> oh, great. So uh, obviously, you know, we want to thank everyone who did slide in those DMs. Uh, give us some questions, comments, what have you. Um, we're going to go through these here. For those of you wondering what this is, it is a new thing we introduced. Uh, we made a post a couple days ago yeah. about uh, questions, baseball-related or non-baseball-related. Uh, yes, just anything you point. have for us uh, here on the podcast, just give us, you know, throw some questions in the DMs. We will get to them I on the show. I don't care if you ask about food, beer. We don't care what it is. Anything. Interior design. I'll even give you a hint. Two out of the three of us are gingers, and I won't tell you the one that's not. <laughs> so, yeah, first question. Um, e. Skilliam on Twitter. You guys gave your views on the mandatory designated hitter in episode two. This is basically forcing the NL to play as the AL has for years. In lieu of that rule change, how would you guys react to the abolishment of a DH altogether and switching to an eight-man rotation? leaving the pitching position as well as the DH out of the batting order altogether would definitely change the dynamic of the game with strategies based around pinch hitters. I would say That's based good, off... Good question. That is a good question. Really good question. I think by eight-man rotation, he's basically saying an eight-man batting order. Yeah, I, I did read it verbatim. Right. Not rotation, eight-man lineup. Lineup, lineup basically. Well, hitting, because you would still field nine players. Correct, correct. correct. So he's saying you field nine... You Bad hit eight, eight, but you hit eight. Uh, that won't ever happen. I don't want to sound like a dick, but I'm going to sound like a dick and say, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we that's, can. That's, be, a, that's a hard no. I think we can all be in agreement. Hell no. But I do want to say it's a clever question. It is a it's clever question. No, question. it's a great question. Yeah, I mean, that's thinking um, outside of the box. 100%. Exactly. It's thinking outside of the box. But in, like, it would, because he says it perfectly to, to uh, wrap up his point, it would bring an incredible wrinkle to the game. About right? Where, like. Like, Typical DHs and like your other studs who will get in that like lineup as a DH. Right. Yeah, uh, they're going to be waiting in the wings for that like one clutch moment. Yeah, that the manager looks at him like, "Hey, grab it back, hey, kid. Go get us two runs here. Go get us three runs here because yeah. the bases are loaded, or we got two guys on." Like that. That would be really cool to be like, "Go do it yeah. right now," because you don't have four at bats to warm up. Yep. Go do it right, right now. now. Like that would be sick. That would be clutch cool. moment. Yeah, man. but I don't like to see positions removed necessarily. No, no, no. So no, no. I, I'm not gonna. I, I wouldn't go down that road. No. Um, if there had to be a change, I would definitely be in favor of adding a DH instead of taking away, uh, a like a player in the batting order. You know, I yeah. got I got to think about this, and I'm thinking just off the top of my head. I was like, man, I was like, removing the DH altogether. I was like, no way in hell. Would the ALL ever agree to doing so? And now I get thinking to myself, why the fuck would the NL agree on adding a DH? Well, they're pretty much not going to have a choice. I mean, it's <laughs> right. good, it's happening now, but I'm just, it just, but yeah, it honestly, me. clever, clever question. Yeah, that's a good uh, but I do it because I you, got, you have guys like Chris Sale a bitch about everything. A bitch about fucking wearing a jersey, cutting it up because he didn't want to wear it because it had. You know what's one? So he would be like, "Oh, I have to take fucking six cuts in a in a game. Oh, I don't want to do this every day." You know what? You know which one pissed me off the most was when Max Scherzer, who played his whole fucking career with the with Detroit Tigers, he goes and signs a fat ass contract to go to the Nats. Right? Yeah. He gets to the NL and he's like, "Oh, this this fucking non DH, this is bullshit." I'm like, 
Well, don't sign a fucking contract with an <laughs> NL team, asswipe. There's a, there's, a, there's a fucking solution to that. You take a little bit of a pay cut, you wouldn't have to worry about hitting a fucking baseball, would you, bud? Maybe he literally forgot. Yeah, apparently he didn't realize that was in his He uh, must contract. have looked out of his blue eye. And then you got Madison Bumgarner who goes, you know what, fuck it, man, I'll ride bulls in my free time and I'll hit dingers. I don't give a shit. <laughs> next uh, question. Next question. Hey, this was an interesting one. An absolute direct shot. From our production company, <laughs> Thirsty Go Entertainment. Literally, the account Thirsty Go Entertainment sends me. Can we rate Taylor Shaw's manliness on a scale of one to ten? All right, let's have at it, boys. I want to know why the fuck they stopped at ten. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. Appreciate the a spin zone. Well, it, it makes it makes the gap look a lot less. This is true. <laughs> hey, uh, if, I guess if he gets at least a three, he's still a Hall of Famer, right? Bat 300. You're damn right. Damn That's true. Right. Hey, spin zone. I'm going to go ahead and give myself a 10. <laughs> you have to. You fucking Why have would to. you not? Because I care so little about like oh. masculinity and manualness. Right. That it just makes me like incredibly manly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Like look it. at my hair. I, u- I use my wife's hair product. Like, I don't give a shit what you think about me. That's yep. pretty damn man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. For sure. Now I know why I look like shit. Uh, I would like to get, since that question's out there, I would like to get fan interaction on that. So we'll leave that question open for the rest of the, the, rest of the week here. Uh, so if you, if you want to rate Taylor Shaw's manliness. Go for it. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. Do that. No, uh, I don't care. Slide in them DMs. Slide in the DMs. I will go ahead I mean, he's fucking drinking a fucking bush light at the table. I'm giving Listen. him a 10. Listen. I've got to give him a 10. I feel on that. you. You're not going to comment on his red hair? I mean, that doesn't really make you a man. It just makes you a fucking god. It just makes you a fucking god. Have you seen this flow, bro? <laughs> All right. You got the flow. You got the Bryce Harper flow. Yes, sir. You, you got the grow, beard. You can grow a fucking beard. Mm. You drink lattes. Skin's a little fair, but I think that's the Irish in you. That's true. I'm, I'm sure you can drink Imacin, or Imacin, Jameson do, with do the you best have, Do you have Irish in you? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, do you want some? <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. That's pretty manly. Before I rate it, you got to tell me, do you like Jameson whiskey? Oh, I love it. Do you like corned beef and cabbage? Love it. Do you fuck with Guinness beer? Love it. <laughs> fucking ten. <laughs> Give him a fucking ten. A fucking ten. Miss <laughs> Davis, I love you. Mister <laughs> Shaw, will you go to prom with me? Well, I think that was a hell of a question. Thank you, Thirsty Go Entertainment, and thank you to my co-host for being so damn nice to me. Yeah, repay the favor next time. Nobody asks what they think about me. <laughs> that's because we know what next you're getting. Next question. Uh, we have Gavin Wright, Facebook fan here. Um, what was the greatest team of all time, what made them the greatest? And then, this is a two-parter, Okay. who is the current best team and what makes them the best? Go ahead. I'll, I'll go first. I couldn't decipher between uh, the greatest team of all time. Two of them jump off for me. It's the 72 Yankees, uh, Murderers Row, that whole deal, uh, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig. Those guys were just insane. Uh, and I was going to throw the 76 Reds. Um, it's just funny that, you know, the MLB just did this decade tournament where they simulated, they put together an all-time roster for every mm-hmm. organization. So they simulated a you know, seven-game series between everybody. Came down to the Reds and the Yankees. You know, it's just those those two organizations have just put just tremendous baseball players out there. Uh, 
So those those are the two that I would go with. Uh, the seventy like the murderers row Yankees. They I mean they just destroyed. I mean the, they killed the baseball. Um, same thing with the seventy six Reds. They had you know Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, like just great Hall of Fame players that they would just hit the piss out of the baseball. And, um, but then I got to thinking like what's something one team has never done or that other teams haven't done and. Oh, one thing that say it. one thing that came to mind was the 1990 Reds, Ooh. wire to wire, the only team to be first place in the division and the and the league all season long and win the World Series. That must be since like division era though, because that's pretty dominant. I gotta feel like 27 Yankees were probably. I mean, they probably did it. Were one in the league, but they were. But it also said they were the first National League team to do it. So that that could been. Well, they didn't have. Yeah, they did. So I mean, it could have happened before, but I, they were the only National League yeah, team to it. ever go that's wire to wire. So you got seventy six Reds. I would say the seven. If I had to pick, well, I mean, I'm obviously a bias here, but I would go seventy six no, Reds. It was one of the teams that I thought of. So. <laughs> like honestly, apparently I'm not being very biased here. I'm actually going to go with two teams that I I don't like this organization. Two teams are really under, uh, they're definitely good. Um, twenty seven Yankees. That's that's a given. Uh, they went four and zero in the playoffs, which back then there was only a World Series. There was no extended playoffs, so uh, you would go if you you'd take the first in every league, go play a, a nine. I think it was a nine. No, yeah, I don't remember. It, it was quite. It was more than it is now. More than seven games. The Yankees swept the World Series. They had a plus three hundred seventy six run differential, which is just freakish. I mean, that's that, incredible. That's yeah, that's insane. Uh, a three twenty team ERA, which if you're sub four is in, it's, the game was different then. Let's be honest, but if you're sub four is you, you got a damn good team and probably one of the most impressive things I've seen was a three oh seven batting average for the team. That means <laughs> on average every player in your team is batting over three hundred. That's which if you want to revisit it, that's Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah, if you do that for a career, Hall of Fame. And then the next team I'm gonna pick, not much different. <clears throat> uh. Well, a little different, but 39 Yankees. The 39 Yankees were really good, too. And, you know, we we all kind of gawked at that 376 run differential. Well, the 39 had a 411 run differential, which is just freakish. If you're wondering what run differential is, it's how many runs you scored versus how many you've given up. Yeah. Uh, so they, they scored outscored over, their opponents by 411 runs. Right. Which is insane. And then Especially ER, in the game of baseball. Yeah. And then their team ERA, which is earned run average, <clears throat> was uh, 3.31, which, once again, is just stupid impressive. Batting average wasn't as good as the 2019. It was uh, batting average of 287. But I think even in today's era, that is like damn good. So 27 Yankees, 39 Yankees. Those are my top two teams. We got Taylor. I sat down and I looked up, you know, some list of the greatest teams to ever do it. Saw all of those teams you mentioned. I even had notes written down. And I was so disappointed in myself while I was taking those notes. So I literally, I drew a big X through all my notes. And then I did a bunch of scribbles on my notes. I think I know he's going to pick. And what I wrote. I know where he's going. For the 2004 <laughs> Boston Red Sox because they're the only team in Major League Baseball history to come back three to zero games in a playoff series. Only team to ever do it. Against Kevin two. Millar. Against two. 
the dreadful New York Yankees. <laughs> God damn Yankees. And Kevin Millar said it best. He said, don't let us win today because this is an important game for the Yankees because if they don't win, Pedro's coming back. And then game six probably be shilling. And then game seven, you never know what's happened. Okay? And then you beat the Yankees, put them to bed, embarrass them in front of their children, their mothers, their wives, their aunts, and their uncles. And then you go on to the World Series against the St. Louis Cardinals. You embarrass them to send them home. <laughs> the only team to ever do it. Sweet baby. 04 Boston Red Sox. Do something. Say something, baby. Let's go. I was and trying, let's be honest. I was trying not to be biased here. I'm the only guy um, out of all three of us that didn't pick their team. Well, I mean, because the Cubs really haven't that many great teams. Uh, they're still one of the winningest teams of <laughs> I was all just, time. Just get, just throwing shots. Actually, and you know, you talk about who yeah, you had coming up. Here we go. You talked about who you had coming up in 04. Well, the Cubs down 3-1 to one in the World Series against the Indians. Everybody outside of Cub fandom was like, oh, the Cubs are fucked. Well, you know what? Great series. I looked who was coming up to pitch for the Cubs. You know who was coming up to pitch for the Cubs? John Lester, Jake Arrieta, Kyle Hendricks. Put it in the fucking books. World champs. Who's your next team? Absolutely. Listen, that's it. No, that's, that's it. That's <laughs> what I wrote down. No, you have to, I, <laughs> as much as you down. don't want to pick a fucking Yankee. That's what I wrote he down. Listen, I'm, but I'm, you want me to be transparent? Sure. No. I'll be transparent as hell right here. I literally wrote down teams from that 98, 99, 2000 era Yankees, right? Right. Okay. I mean, that was back to back. Yeah, they were good. Back. Yeah. Probably best team in our lifetime as far as like a. And literally, I, I looked up all their stats. I looked, you know, obviously back to back to back is incredible. Right. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I just marked it out. I said, you bastard, Taylor. You yeah, get rid of that shit. Nobody. Well, I was not picking a St. Louis Cardinals team. Oh, I, because let's, let's be you honest. You can send that shit to the bank. Let's fucking be honest. Who are the two most hated fucking organizations at this table right here? Yankees and yeah, Cardinals. Fucking Yankees and Cardinals. <laughs> Fuck those teams. Absolutely. Sorry if you're a fan of those teams. We'll try to not be biased and bring up a few good points. I'm, I'm not, sorry. Yeah, as you know, I'm as like, a as a, as, a, as, I do as a professional, I shouldn't say fuck those teams. But fuck those teams. But as a podcaster who doesn't give a shit, fuck those teams. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to part two on that question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, part two on that question: best current team. What makes them the best? I Let's think say. we're all in agreement here at the table. Yeah. It would be the Dodgers the as Dodgers. of right now. Yeah, it, it's um, simple. They haven't won the World Series. It's weird. That's the one thing they haven't done. It's but, weird. Uh, they dominate a division. They dominate their division. They're in the playoffs every year. They, you know, They're they contending in the playoffs every, every year, year, which is important. Yeah. yeah. So, and then I think it's just on paper, too. They yeah, went on to, paper they, right now. They they went to, I think three NLCSs in a row, like uh, in the recent memory, like, like 15, 16, or yeah. Either 15, 16, I mean, 17, if you ask 16, them, 17, If you ask them, they were, you know, the 17 World Series champions. Yeah, yeah I mean, I get because it. And Galarraga threw a perfect game, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, another, another thing on the Dodgers, though, that pitching rotation is just, like, absurd. Yeah, absolutely. Kershaw's, a, I mean, he can't win. In, he's not proven to win in big games, but he's top three in our generation without yeah. doubt. And then the rest of the guys, the follower, just, I mean, they're just behind. I mean, they're they're good. And then can we all agree Mookie Betts, second best player in baseball, just behind Mike Trout? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, now he's in that lineup. Uh, we haven't yeah, got You just add a, a fucking superstar to an already to, loaded To an already yeah. damn good team. Yeah. It's insane. So, yeah. Uh, if You're we, talking Bellinger, Peterson, Betts. 
Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not Did even you talking. Belly? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, Belly, uh, Muncie. Uh, they're gonna hit. They're gonna break the home run record. Like they're just gonna. They're smashing baseballs. Yeah, it's. Not, I don't even think it's. It's not even a debate. If, if you don't think the Dodgers are the best team in baseball right now. Uh, you're smoking something. Yeah, and, I, and, and a future ace on – I mean, the, the dude would be an ace on any other team, but in a few years – Walker if, Bueller. If, yeah, if you're newer oh, man, if you're yeah. newer baseball fans, keep an eye on Walker Bueller. That dude is He's going to be – he will be the Clayton Kershaw of baseball, you know, in the yes. next – or Verlander, Verlander Scherzer. Scherzer. Absolutely. He, he's in that level of greatness. He'll get, he's going to be there. He's so, insane. Yeah, Dodgers. Next question, we have uh, Corbin Baird. Uh, Facebook, he says, you mentioned that the number of high school draftees has declined. Has international players influenced this? Um, I'll go ahead and just start it off, and I say, I think 100% that's true. Oh, without a doubt. Do I think it's the only deciding factor? No. No, absolutely not. But I do think 100% the international players have consistently been increasing for several years now. Um and it's simply it's a simple math equation. They're taking the young opportunities away from the typical high right. school players that would get signed in those situations. Can I ask you a question off it real quick? Do yep. you guys know which city in the entire world has produced the most major league baseball players? I'll give you a hint. It's not in the United States. Which city? Yeah. It's uh, a specific city. I I'll, I can't give you the country or that'll just ruin it. Puerto Rico? Dominican Republic. Or the D- It's San Domingo of the Dominican Republic. Okay, I was gonna say yeah. somewhere down there because they they, they, they would They'd have pump them. They out. would probably have the most Hall Famers too, but a lot of those guys come out of the Juice era, so right. You're not yeah. gonna see that as much. And but. and kind of like the sad reality of it <laughs> I is <am> twelve. <laughs> <laughs> That's true too. Kind of one of the sad realities of it is that the younger international players are actually a cheaper signing. Than the young American high school. Yeah, they're players. actually yeah. limited on money. Yeah, yeah the money that you can spend on your internet. Yeah, you know they which is, so. they I mean they trade that shit like right, but like the, but like oh that'll, we're yeah, give you more be international a, money for, for a player right. right. You know, it's, right. And then you're every now and then you're gonna see uh, an international player that is looked at as generational talent, and you're gonna see a bidding war amongst teams, and sometimes it comes down to the team. I mean, we just had that right. The, the Red said that. Well, not even oh, uh, not okay. even Shogo. Yeah. I'm just talking oh, yeah. about Otani. Oh, Otani, that kid yeah. was a stud. And and it's kind of weird too, because even with Otani, you know, being an an Asian player, he went where he's geographically comfortable. Yeah. So and you you see that a lot with more of the Asian players. They'll they'll either hang out in New York or go on the West Coast, where they have a lot of people of, of their ethnicity. And well, it's a lifestyle that they're used to. Exactly. And yeah. other times, it, it comes down to slot money, and usually it'll come down to your teams with the smallest payroll actually have the most international money available because <laughs> they stockpile it. The Reds. Hence the Reds. Just got Shogo. Yeah. Which Akiyama. We, which once we get to play baseball, Shogiyamiyama. Is that? Oh, Shogo Akiyama. Shogo. Shogo Akiyama. Dude, talk about some t-shirts. Oh, yeah. I'm buying a jersey. As yeah. soon as they go on sale. Well, not even jersey. I'm talking like the, the content. You can oh, yeah. After, after the Shogo name. So, just, this was highly frowned upon, but I'll never forget when the Cubs... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get through this. They went and got Hisop Choi, a Japanese baseball player. is <laughs> their first baseman, and they always had that 
that cub and add Harry Carey on it, and it said, "Holy cow!" Well, he they put a Japanese bandana or a, you know a little bandana on his head, and it said "Hori cow" and had slanted eyes. So that, <laughs> that that was either loved or highly frowned upon in Chicago. Yeah, I could see that. I see that both ways. Yes, I could see that both ways. Um, yeah. So sorry, we got way off topic. On yes, that. we did. Yes, we did. Uh, let's go to the last question we have. Uh, this is Dylan Strong via Twitter. Um, he says, what are the chances that I, as in Dylan Strong, could get Blake to do a whole episode on the St. Louis Cardinals? Blake. That would actually be really easy. I, for instance, I could give you 11 reasons why I fucking hate the Cardinals, and I could add a lot more to that. But, yeah, we'll save that for another day. Dylan, I'm a nice guy. I really am. Hey, how many reasons can you give him? I, I, I can say... One thing about the St. Louis Cardinals, technically two. Okay. But I'll just say one thing <laughs> about the St. Louis Cardinals. Maybe it's a question. Do you still call us daddy? Oh. Got him. Oh. <laughs> you definitely, if you're a Cardinals fan, you do not want to see your team play the Red Sox. No, no that's a, it's just a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. An absolute nightmare. You ran into a buzzsaw twice. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. A team that just came back 3 0. Did Poppy hit a grand salami in St. Louis? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. Yikes. I'm pretty sure he did. The Cubs actually hang the W flag from the, from the arches there. <laughs> <laughs> Not so often, but they'll do it. <laughs> hey, if Chris Carpenter wants to come back to Cincinnati, I'm sh- quite sure Johnny Cueto will come back and kick him in the face again. Yeah, I, I would I would like to see that. So uh, we will go to a segment we like to call This, this Week in Baseball. Hold up. Wait a minute. It's a chopper. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's some history. All right. So for this week, I'm going to start out with May 18th of 2004. Since we talk about perfect games and no-nos all the damn time, can you guys tell me who the oldest pitcher in MLB history is to ever throw a perfect game? Randy Johnson, 40 years old. Yeah, boy. Solid. Trivia that, bitch. <laughs> that's why he's the director yes, of trivia. that is why you come up with the question. So he joined the list that includes Cy Young, Jim Bunning, Hideo Nomo, and Nolan Ryan. the only pitchers to have thrown a perfect game in both leagues also. And on top of that, he created the most extended span between his first and his last no-hitters. He did his perfect game in 2004. His first no-hitter was in June of 1990. Dang. Yeah, boy. All right, uh, Taylor. So, you're a Sox fan. Pedro's your boy, right? Ah, love it, Pedro. In 02, he became the 11th pitcher in AL history to throw an immaculate inning when he struck out the side on nine consecutive pitches in the first inning. What a feat. It was against the Marlins, or not Marlins, the Mariners. One of them was a future Hall of Famer. Ichiro Suzuki. Nice. Mark McLemore and Ruben Sierra fell to that feat in Boston's eventual 4-1 to victory in front of the Fenway faithful. In 2000, Mark McGuire passes Mickey Mantle on the all-time home run list after hitting his 537th home run out, uh, off of Kurt Schilling. Doesn't count. <clears throat> yeah, probably not. The only reason it happened was because Kurt Schilling did not have a bloody sock on that day. 
Or Mark McGuire was taking steroids. Well, mm, we can go that down that road. But yeah. Back to the St. Louis Cardinals. The power of the bloody sock. All right. So, interesting trivia, or not really trivia, but interesting, interesting history that really doesn't do with numbers in baseball. This was probably the one that stood out to me the most. So, due to drastic payroll cuts reducing the world champion's effectiveness, the Marlins had two class action lawsuits filed against them, one for breach of contract and the other for accusing the team of false advertisement. Seems kind of weird to me, but that was kind of cool. Who, who sued him? Uh, I, I didn't go off it. I, I don't know if it's fans or, or – I assume it was fans. Season ticket holders probably. Yeah, that's yeah, wild. They had, a, they had a world champions team built and basically reduced the cut, got rid of some players and – Get That's this incredible. though. Well, this, hell, it's kind of it's kind of a little bit of history. You can place. literally sue for anything, right? So the Marlins—they're the only team in professional baseball to ever be perfect in the in the, the postseason. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they went twice, won two World Series. All right, so in '76, uh, Carl Yastrzemski, yeah, the, yeah, played yes. in his two thousand two hundred ninety third game wearing a Red Sox uniform, passing none other than. Ooh, what? Hold on, repeat that. Repeat it. All right. So Yaz played his 2,293rd game in a Red Sox uniform. Okay. Was the franchise record. He went on to pass none other than. God, it wasn't Teddy Ballgame. Yes, sir. Teddy Ballgame. And then he wasn't wasn't done either. He went on (laughs) to end up playing 3,308 contests for the Red Sox before retiring. That's a lot of games. 23 seasons, boys. This day and age. Never see it. Nope. So, May 19th of 2008, I know this sounds like we talk a lot of Red Sox. It just so happens they're an old franchise with a lot of history. Not biased. Taylor is actually the only Sox fan here. But John Lester was two years removed from being diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. No hits the Royals in a 7-0 victory, becoming only the third Southpaw in Red Sox history to throw a no-no at Fenway Park. That sounds cool, but I think the coolest thing about this was that was also – Jason Veritek's fourth career no hitter as a backstop, be- oh, wow. gaining Damn. the all time record in hey, professional I, baseball. I think that says something. Oh, absolutely. About his catching <laughs> Yes, yes. Honestly, he could frame a pitch and he can call a pitch. I would guarantee. Yep. That. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, the pitcher has to execute, but you have to right. have a game plan. You well, like to- the catcher's the brains. Oh, yep. right, exactly. Yeah. So in 04, breaking the record he had just set two weeks prior. Julio Franco becomes the oldest player to pinch hit, uh, hit a pinch hit home run. The Braves' first baseman is 45 years old, 369 days when he accomplishes wow. the feat. He is also the oldest player to ever hit a home run in the MLB. He hit his last home run at 48 years old, 254 days. Damn. What were you guys doing? Or what are we going to do at 48 years old? <laughs> I'm going to be laid up, boys. I'm going to be hitting dingers in baseball. I hope I'm going to be doing this right here <clears throat> yeah. on a mic talking to you fuckers. So we talk about baseball and going back and changing records earlier, right? We're like, it doesn't fucking happen. Ain't no way, right? Wrong. It does happen. Oh, boy. In 2001, reversing the original decision, the Ilias Sports Bureau, Major League Baseball's official statistician, mm-hmm. now lists Randy Johnson's t- uh, 20K performance as tying a record. The game went into extra innings, but the big unit's nine-inning performance now ranks among Roger Clemens and Kerry Wood. Max Scherzer would later join the list in 2016. He had thrown his 20 strikeouts in nine innings, but because it went into extras, it didn't. No, it didn't qualify as a 20K nine innings, and they went back and reversed that. Not quite as big deal as reversing a perfect game, 
by an umpire's decision, but it makes sense. Right, because he technically... He did do it. It was just listed under another list because he went yeah. out and pitched the 10th inning. Yeah, that's yeah, that's weird. And back on the whole 20 strikeout things that he said it never happened, yeah, Randy went out in the 10th inning and still didn't get one more strikeout. Seems kind of strange. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> All right. So, Ethan, what if I told you a Reds Hall of Famer made his MLB debut with a numberless jersey? Numberless jersey? Ooh. Yeah. Didn't have a number on his jersey. So, 1984, Hall of Famer Eric Davis, Davis makes his MLB okay. debut really? against the Cardinals in St. Louis. The Cincinnati club had forgot an extra road uniform, so the 22-year-old had to wear a numberless jersey. Damn. Yeah. Dude, he's such a legend. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Well, 1981. After <laughs> this is cool, we talk about perfect games and and you know how an umpire screws up the last out of the game. Well, this guy in 1981, after giving up a leadoff single hitter ter- to Terry Harper, the Pirates hurler Jim Bibby retires the next 27 Braves to a 5-0 one-hit victory. Damn, gave up the first hit and retired all 27 after that. So that's wow. like a reverse one-hitter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't piss that guy off. All right, here's one that'll really interest everybody. In 1954, Phillies owner Bob Carpenter apologizes to second baseman Granny Hamner for having him followed by a private detective. Although his team is one game out of first place, he suspected of players of not being physically or mentally ready to play. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Did but, they win the World Series that year? Well, fuck no. They're the Phillies. <laughs> they're like the worst organization in baseball history. I, hell, I'd probably have a detective too. <laughs> All right, so in 1933, for the first time in MLB history, brothers on opposite teams homer in the same game. Red Sox catcher Rick Farrell takes his brother Wes Farrell deep, but the Indians' righty returns the favor as he homers in the third on a pitch that was called by his sibling. That just put my mind in a pretzel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, so, the, so Red Sox catcher, he was the catcher for the Red Sox, right. hits a home run, right? Off of his brother, Wes, who was the pitcher. Okay. Well, then, following after that, the pitcher, Wes, or, right, yeah, Wes. Who did he pitch for? Uh, Indians. So and, he, was, and he hit? No, no, no. Rick Farrell played for the Red Sox. Okay, as a catcher. He was the Red Sox catcher. Right. Wes Farrell was the pitcher for the Indians. Okay. So, Wes takes his brother, takes a pitch deep, off his, off brother, his brother deep. And then, he's catching... At that point, okay. and his brother hits a home run off the pitch that he called as the catcher. Makes sense. Yeah, I got you. But you're but I was going. So the pitcher hit a home run. Yeah, what you get Yeah. So they didn't have a right. fucking DH. <laughs> <laughs> I see where you're going. That good one. Pitcher's All right, Ethan, You like sunglasses? Oh yeah, I just bought some. Yeah, why don't you get some pit vipers? Right? Absolutely. They didn't sponsor us, but go buy some overpriced pit vipers. So you remember back in the – I don't really don't see it anymore, but in the 90s, you'd still see the players with the flip-up sunglasses? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in 1915, Pirates player manager Fred Clark filed a patent for the flip-up sunglasses. Hmm. No flip-ups. Yeah. So now on May 20th in 2018, the Cardinals' Jordan Hicks joins a role as Chapman as the only MLB pitcher to throw a 105-mile-an-hour pitch. Chapman still holds the record, though, because his is qualified as 105.1. Probably one of my favorite moments in the last 20 years. Uh, 2006, Cubs and White Sox playing. A.J. Przinsky tags up on a catch by the uh, left fielder. They go to throw him out. Przinsky runs over Michael Barrett, the catcher. 
And then he gets up like a little dickhead and slaps the plate and, you know, sticks his chest out. Michael Perry grabs him from the back of the head and smokes him right in the dome. And then about a five-minute brawl happens, and that pretty much seals off the uh, Cubs-White Sox rivalry. But he was safe. He was safe, and uh, White Sox fans, you'll be glad to know that the White Sox are going to win 7 to nothing at Wrigley. Hey, interesting little side note. If yeah. you can't fucking beat them, just beat their face in. Yes. <laughs> yes. Off of that, I was uh, in youth travel ball, and I literally – Did you beat the fuck out of somebody? No, but I got kicked out of the game. Yep. For running over the catcher. Nice. Stepped right in front of the plate. Oh, yeah, because you hey, see it. Absolutely. As a kid, you see it, and you're like, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm going to do that one day. And then and my parents were shocked. Hey, if you don't want hit by the train, <laughs> get off the tracks, big boy. Except for, you know, you have to slide. Right. So, yeah, I was, uh, see ya. And then thanks to Buster Posey, that's a rule in Major League Baseball. Oof. R.I.P. that leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope he likes playing first base. <laughs> All right, 2006, after a 29-at-bat homerless streak, Barry Bonds finally catches Babe Ruth with 714 home runs to become second all-time. Just a little trivia note, he was the pitch was hit off Oakland A's southpaw, Brad Halsey. 2004. Is that Halsey's dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2004, Cardinals catcher. You see, Cardinals fans, we will say some good things about you when it's out there. 2004, Cardinals catcher Mike Matheny. Handles his 1,296 chance without an error to establish a major league record for backstops. Unfortunately, in 03 or 04, that did not stop you from losing in the World Series to the Boston Red Sox. Imagine that. Yeah, weird. 2001, Barry Bonds becomes thir- uh, 13th player to home run in four consecutive at-bats. He hit two home runs in his final two at-bats the day before and started the day off with two more in his first two at-bats. Pretty solid. Yeah. 1999, Mets third baseman Robin Ventura becomes the first MLB player to hit grand slams in both ends of a doubleheader against the Brewers. That is the same Robin Ventura that got his ass kicked by Nolan Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) All right, in a uh, a season of streaks in 1987, the second – let's see, hold on. The Brewers go on to end a 12-game skid by beating the White Sox. That was after a 12-game losing streak, and the Brew Crew had actually opened the season on a 13-game win streak. 1985, which I think, you know, the way baseball now, uh, how many rainouts do we see? We see a lot, right? Yeah. Especially with the season starting so early on. And now we got half the season pretty much postponed. Well, surprisingly enough, in 1985, there was a record streak of 458 MLB games played from the start of the season without a rainout. Yeah, and then finally the rain rained out a contest between the Brewers and Indians. And then I'm sure Taylor will be glad to hear this. In 1959, the Yankees slide into last place of the American League for the first time in 19 years that they had been at the basement of the American League. I'm ready for that to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's see it. <laughs> that was actually in the entire league. That wasn't just the There was no division. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to see it. So they were shit in 59. I'm ready for the Yankees to be the Orioles. <laughs> right. And that's all I got on uh, history today. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 643 Podcast. Obviously, like, follow, subscribe, rate, review, 
Drop questions. Slide in those DMs. Slide in the DMs. Tell us how right or wrong we are. Yeah, make fun of us for how bad we are at trivia. Shout us out on Twitter and, you know, ran at us. You know, Tell me I'm not manly. I don't give a shit. Cardinals, Yankees fans, give us some shit. Yeah, sorry about that, man. We we really went in on you. <laughs> that was a tough one on you this, this week. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, but like I'll, I'm going to act like I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, follow, subscribe, rate, review. Any lasting thoughts? Uh, good episode. I liked it. Uh, had a lot to talk about. Hopefully we get some to play in some baseball here pretty soon. Absolutely. I think I'm officially convinced that with or without baseball, we can rant an hour a week. Yeah, we're but, already doing it. But we want baseball. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all I got. Everybody else? Yeah. Good. 643 Podcast out.